The medical information communicated in this podcast is of a general educational nature. If you are feeling unwell, please seek the attention of a medical practitioner. Any advertisements promoted throughout the podcast are not endorsed by the presenter or any of the guests interviewed. Hi there, welcome to MediTalk, a medical podcast talking all things medical in a way that you can understand. You're with Danae. According to the National Heart Foundation of Australia, close to one in five Australians aged between the ages of 18 to 34 have high cholesterol. That's more than one million Australians have a total high cholesterol. That is a lot of people with high cholesterol. So we should be caring more about our heart and getting control of our blood pressure and cholesterol if we want to get serious about reducing our risk of coronary heart disease. So today we're going to speak to Dr. Philip Curry, echocardiologist, CVS CEO, and he's going to clarify for us some truths about cholesterol. The importance of cholesterol has been progressively understood as we've been more effectively controlling Now, when you are thinking about the arteries, the arteries actually are protected. The wall is protected from the contents of the bloodstream. Mm -hmm. What you actually see is that there is a lining of cells that are are right next to each other Mm -hmm. and are right up against each other to not allow things to go through between the cracks. Yes. We know that there are conditions that hurt this this protective lining. And it's a little bit like high blood pressure is banging on those cells, Mm. damaging and weakening them so that it allows this bad cholesterol, LDL cholesterol, to go into the wall. In regards to diabetes, diabetes affects and damages these cells by having high uh, blood sugar, but also metabolism of sugar, glucose, is then uh, changed so that more LDL cholesterol is actually made. So you are getting higher concentrations of this bad cholesterol because of the diabetes. Also smoking, and smoking produces toxic products and they're absorbed through the lungs into the bloodstream, and that also damages the lining. So in regards to this bad cholesterol, you have things that cause, and we also know in terms of dietary, if you have a whole lot of bad Mm. cholesterol, Mm. and we also know that in terms of being overweight, you're more likely to make bad cholesterol, So you have higher levels of bad cholesterol, you have conditions that weaken the lining, allow this cholesterol to go into the wall. Once the cholesterol is in the wall, the body tries to say, hey, it shouldn't be there, Mm. and sets up a a low-level inflammatory response and unfortunately is not an effective one And so the cholesterol just continues to build up. Mm. And just like once you've got a leaky bathroom and you've got water behind the tiles, Mm. that water behind the tiles causes more weakening of the wall and it gets worse and worse. And so the lining becomes more and more susceptible 
to having this cholesterol moving into the wall yes. and over many, many years ending up with a build-up in the wall and narrowing of the artery. So once you've developed or you've accumulated cholesterol in the wall, can you get it out? This process is a lifelong process. Mm -hmm. It starts, starts very, very early in life because we know that teenagers and very young 20-year-olds, they have already the beginning of build-up. So the process of this build-up happens in the fact that you have the cholesterol progressively building, 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 building. And the first phase of that is called a soft plaque. Mm -hmm. And that is a build-up of actual cholesterol. But over time with this inflammatory process, what then happens is that there is formation of scar tissue and then there is formation of calcification. Now the scar tissue and the calcification, you cannot remove. But yes, it has been clearly shown, if you get the cholesterol low enough in the bloodstream, there is this reverse travel mm. from the wall into the bloodstream. And it, however, has to have a low enough cholesterol and so that's why that even though this cholesterol story has been going on for 40 years or so it is not until more recently where we've been able to dramatically reduce the cholesterol the LDL levels that we've really been able to clearly then show regression of coronary artery disease but until recently, what our major way of, of treating high cholesterol was using a, a, a drugs that uh, were called statins. Yes. And that affected the production of LDL by the liver. But we thought that getting our statins, uh, sorry, getting the LDL down was sufficient until we now have other forms of treatment, which unfortunately are expensive, mm. but have given us again an understanding that the LDL is a vital target mm. in regards to reducing coronary artery disease and stroke. And associated with all of this, they've found that LDL is not a vital part of metabolism in the body, meaning there has previously been very bad press on statins, mm. which is incorrect, which says, oh, statins are associated with, with dementia mm. and with poor memory. Well, it has not been shown that LDL has any function in the brain. LDL is a garbage molecule. It is used as a garbage truck. Mm -hmm. It has not got any positive parts in metabolism. While cholesterol is very important in all parts of the body, LDL, that transport molecule, is a bad molecule. LDL is, is only important in disease. 
it is not important in health. Now, the other important thing in regards to statin therapy is that it is an extremely well-tolerated drug. Mm. Yes, there is side effects. It is very important to work out uh, and monitor the patients so that it shouldn't be freely given out without proper uh, monitoring. But the incidence of statin intolerance is overblown. And so whenever somebody goes on a statin, before they actually go on, uh, one of the important questions is, do they have any aches or, or pains? Because people go on statins and then they get aches. Yes. Some, of, some, some people get aches and, pains, aches and pains, yeah. yet in actual fact, they had those same aches and pains yeah. beforehand, and but it wasn't properly documented. And so therefore, this important drug is um, not given uh, appropriately. Yes. So statins are a big part of reducing high cholesterol. Anything else that patients should consider when they've got high cholesterol? Satin therapy is cheaper, easy to access, well tolerated. Looking at their diet and exercise, will that impact their cholesterol? I always want to go back to move, sleep, eat. Having high cholesterol is more of a problem of modern society. Recently, they, there has been a, a very well done study of Amazonian Indians where they have not been exposed to a Western society and a Western diet. Their natural LDL cholesterol is around 1.5 to 1.8 and they have a very, very low coronary artery calcium score. So that you absolutely know that here on this earth, at this time, without the Western society influence of lack of exercise, bad diet, and not sleeping properly, has a very low incidence of high cholesterol and very low incidence of the consequences of that, meaning a very low incidence of coronary artery disease, a very low incidence of stroke, a very low incidence of high blood pressure. So it's then going back to what we do. Now, a lot of people think that fat being stored in fat cells is just like your storage container, you know, down your street. And it is just a benign, it does nothing except just store it. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, these fat cells transform. And so normal sized fat cells are just storage, but you push more and more and more fat into them and they transform. And the way they transform is they actually make bad toxic substances to the body. And some of those substances cause 
the blood pressure to go up. Some of those substances are inflammatory. They cause inflammation in the body. But most importantly, they create substances that block the action of insulin. So you are then eating more and more. Mm -hmm. It's being stored as fat. Your insulin levels go up, but also you are now blocking the action of insulin and so therefore more fat is being created from that glucose. And so you're then progressively, your fat cells are getting bigger and bigger. And so as a result of that, more toxic products. Mm. So that in terms of diabetes too, the first aspect when you are then assessing these patients, what you find is that their glucose levels in the bloodstream is very high, but also their insulin levels are very, very high. And what you are then progressively doing is causing the pancreas to work far, far, far over time and therefore wearing out the pancreas. So in the first phases of type 2 diabetes, you are producing enormous amounts of insulin and it's only in the latter phases that you are wearing out the pancreas and you've worn out the pancreas that the levels of insulin are low and therefore you need insulin supplementation. So getting back to your cholesterol mm. is that by doing all of that, you are also making at the same time more LDL and the more LDL so your more ability to cross over and then deposit this LDL in the blood in the blood vessel wall and then narrowing it and so again everything uh, becomes a vicious cycle so how do you stop the vicious cycle so you've got high cholesterol you've got high blood pressure is it is it as you say, going back to the three core lifestyle modifications, looking at what you eat, uh, how you're sleeping and um, moving your body, more physical activity, will those help, those lifestyle factors help your cholesterol, help your blood pressure? The earlier you are actually doing that, mm. the more effective they are. Once you've actually got all of these it isn't by themselves as effective yes but the more that you can actually do the more likely they are going to be effective and it's said that that uh, obese people just losing five to ten kilograms and being more active significantly improves their metabolic state. Mm. So we do absolutely know dramatically reducing your weight causes dramatic improvement in diabetes, in obstructive sleep apnea, in hypertension, and the risks of, of having a heart attack and having a stroke. And if a, if a doctor has put someone on cholesterol-lowering drugs and their cholesterol goes down, can they just come off them or is it something that 
you're on statins for life? Is it something that they can get themselves off if they look at their lifestyle modification? Well, again, uh, the more that they're uh, actually living the way we are designed to live, a very active lifestyle, looking after your sleep, understanding you need seven to eight hours mm. of high-quality sleep, of, uh, of having uh, the appropriate exercise and exercising to a, a level and duration that we're really designed to do. Mm. We, we have had a number of people being able to reduce or in some cases go off. And have you got people that say, actually, I'll just stay on the statins and then they think that's the be-all and end-all and they continue to eat badly, not exercise, and people think that the statin therapy is going to be the, the answer to everything and the easy pill. What's your answer to that? Can they still suffer from strokes and have heart attacks? Absolutely, because the same factors that led to the high cholesterol also lead to the high blood pressure and the diabetes and all of these other things. So that one pill yes. is insufficient. Yes, in isolation, but the human body and, and the human condition is really, really very complex. Mm. But simply going back again and again, I will emphasize, it's what you eat, it's how you move, and it is looking after sleep. A third of your lifetime is spent sleeping. And rather than having 10 million ways of putting band-aids, mm. going back to the basics of who we are and how we've been designed. Modern society has taken us away from our survival and is punishing us for that. And you, the pressure of modern living and the convenience of eating every five minutes, sleep is not important, we're just too busy to sleep, mm. and we're too busy to formally exercise. Yep. And I think we're looking always for the quick fix, aren't we, rather than actually doing the hard work, which is looking at the things that we can control, what we eat, how we move, and how well we're sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. We have gone to the belief of silver bullets. Mm. You know, one, one fix, one new thing, and we look at it right through our society, we're looking for the quick fix. Instead of going back, as I say, over tens and tens of thousands of years, our bodies have been designed for a purpose, for a survival benefit. And that survival benefit is that we don't know when the next meal is, that we are constantly keeping ourselves fit and healthy because we have to um, 
uh, run away from danger. The problem is our biggest danger are ourselves and not listening and understanding of how we've been made. Okay, and on that note, let's finish off. Let's all go home, get some sleep, eat well and move our bodies. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please send me an email of any medical topics you would love to learn more about by simply emailing me at danae at meditalk.com.au. Danae, D-A-N-A-E, at meditalk.com.au. Stay well and let's talk soon.